When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alright, what's up guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This is part one. We are going to have two podcasts. It's Tuesday the 30th, late night. I went to Fort Collins and back today. Yesterday we were able to catch up with Jay Norvell during his weekly press conference. Later on I'll play some audio from him. We'll talk about some takeaways we were able to gather from that press conference. Start to talk about that Michigan matchup. Also going to give some brief takeaways from Week Zero. Not going to spend a lot of time on it. Don't want to get too overreactionary, but there were a lot of Mountain West games, and I took a bunch of notes, so we'll just kind of go through those real quick. Uh, give an update on what's been happening around Agland. May not make a whole segment out of it. We'll see. And then uh, we'll talk about the Next Level Rams. It's obviously cut day. NFL teams have to get their rosters down to 53. Some surprises. Uh, Adam Prentice made the Saints rosters. We'll talk about... Him and everybody else, shout out to Ryan Stonehouse. Before we get into everything, the wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Just bet $5 on any football team. Get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. What are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code DNVR, get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. I published an article tonight with some realistic goals for CSU football. Go check that out. If you are a DNVR member, we'll play some of the audio that I actually reference in the piece later on, probably in part two. But um, before we get into the Michigan matchup, some of the stuff that we learned from Norvell, what I was able to see at practice, I did just briefly want to talk about week zero. Normally, I'll be doing this on Mondays, but not the best weekend for me as far as picks went in Mountain West picks. I went two and three. Uh, I was very much in on Hawaii to at least cover at home. They got absolutely throttled 63 to 10. They were winning early on, and that game just got out of hand in a hurry. Man, uh, <laughs> Vanderbilt, they they ran the ball down their throats. To their credit, they had a plan. They stuck to it. A lot of RPOs. They got their quarterback in motion. He's a great athlete. It was kind of interesting because some of the ways that they used their wide receivers with just, you know, some mesh routes and quick screens and just ways to, to get the ball into the hands of their athletes around the line of scrimmage reminded me very much of how Joey Lynch, who's Vandy's offensive coordinator, 
used to get Dante Wright involved at CSU. But I would say that the biggest takeaway from this matchup is just the glaring lack of depth. I mean, I, I think most people expected Hawaii to be pretty bad after getting decimated in the transfer portal. They have some guys that can make some plays in the starting lineup. We saw that early on. But it's just going to be hard for them to go four quarters, especially in a physical game. You know, that, that should be a matchup that CSU should expect to win. You know, again, talked about that in my realistic goals piece have a winning record at home, the schedule is much more favorable at home than it is on the road this year. If you want to make a bowl, you know, you have to take advantage of those winnable games, Hawaii, New Mexico, you know, Middle Tennessee State. I want, I want to make this clear. I respect the hell out of Sacramento State, great FCS program. We've seen CSU struggle with FCS teams many times over the last decade. So again, you know, all due respect, that's a game you've got to win too if you want to start, you know, going to the postseason. I think Timmy Chang is going to be fine. I think he was the absolute right hire for that program. It's clear that he has the local community invested. It's very similar in in how they had, you know, Todd Graham. Everybody hated him. He ran everybody out of town. And now they have this guy that everybody loves. It, it you know, very much reflects the, the situation or mirrors the situation at CSU. The difference is, is that Chang had even less time to fix his roster than CSU did. I mean, remember for like 11 days or whatever it was, he was actually on the CSU staff and helping the Rams, you know, solidify this class. That was something I talked with him out at, at media days about. He was just like, man, some of those guys we were able to land in that first class are going to be significant players. And they definitely are. So I'm, I'm not panicking. Um, I will say, you know, probably won't lean into the home field advantage angle with Hawaii as much moving forward. I do, I do still think that travel is a big, big component. And one of the things that I did not factor into the, uh, the Vanderbilt matchup was the fact that Vandy went out like two weeks before this game. I, I should have looked into that. That was, a, that was a rookie move on my part. Anyways, tough loss for, for Timmy Chang in Hawaii. I do have complete faith that they're going to turn around, turn it around. It might take a while, but there's just so much talent that, that comes out of Hawaii a lot of the times, historically, those players end up, you know, in the Pac-12, places like Utah. But if Chang starts keeping those guys at home, look out. I mean, Hawaii just won the Little League World Series. You know, again, just another example of the, the great athletes that, that come from the island. Quietly, you know, produces a ton of talent in, in multiple sports. Let's move on from a, a coach that's very much stable in his position, Timmy Chang, to a coach who's on the hot seat. And Scott Frost, um, first first game of the day, Nebraska-Northwestern. The fact that it was the first game, too, is, is particularly brutal because everybody's locked in, and when your team does something as dumb as kicking an onside kick when you're up 11 halfway through the third quarter with all the momentum, you're going to get memed all over the place, and that's, that's definitely what happened with the Huskers. Man, it's... It's a disaster. It's it's just a disaster. They're five and twenty-one in one score games under Scott Frost. They have some Bobo vibes where they're competitive, they make plays, but they just always seem to lose the games that matter. I mean, they, they were rolling at at one point in this game. I thought Casey Thompson, the Texas transfer, looked really dynamic at quarterback, made some some great plays by improvising with his legs, has a big arm. Did throw two picks in the second half trying to make plays, but that's what happens when you go down, especially when your team crumbles the way the Huskers did. 
On the flip side, I thought Ryan Holinsky looked pretty good for Northwestern, just efficient. I mean, he's a very different quarterback than, than Thompson. He's not going to be, you know, running all over the place. He's not going to, you know, break the game open, but he just makes good decisions with the football. He's accurate. And they just lean on that run game with Evan Hole in the backfield, a guy who really, really gave it to Nebraska in that second half. I mean, the Huskers front seven struggled. But to lose the way that they did was just tough. It was a tough scene all around, and then post-game Frost did not handle it well at all. You know, essentially threw his OC under the bus, admitted that it was a decision to to kick it onside was was by him, but they have a special teams coordinator that they brought in this year, so the whole thing was just a debacle all around. I'm not sure that Frost will survive this season. I mean, if they don't, you know, win eight plus that he probably won't. I will say, you know, up until the, the onside kick, they they looked pretty decent. You know, I I really do think Thompson at quarterback is a guy that could win them some games. If you can beat Oklahoma, like who knows? I don't want to be the guy who after week zero in, in an international game, by the way, and it was a fun game. It was really fun back and forth. Not the highest quality football, but fun because of it. A lot of big plays improvising. But I just, I don't want to freak out too much over a weird game, those weird circumstances. But I also understand if you're a Huskers fan, if you're sitting here looking at this situation and the history and, and the fact that this just keeps happening and you're feeling fed up. I mean, it's a long year. You know, again, I always caution people not to freak out too much over week zero. But that, that, was, that was rough. It was also a rough day for the Wyoming Cowboys. Got throttled in Illinois. I thought they could cover the 14. I, I mean, I, I didn't think Illinois was, I don't know. I, I, I should have given them more respect. Defensively, they are very stout. But Wyoming was was brutal through the air. They had like 40 passing yards. Utah State quarterback, or Utah State transfer quarterback, now the poke starter, Andrew Peasley. You know, he was able to make some plays with his legs, which is one of the things I highlighted in my Week Zero preview article, that he's a guy that's shown he can you know, be dynamic, change up the pace a little bit. That's kind of what he did at Utah State. You know, Logan Bonner, big arm, stretches the field every now and then. If the offense was struggling, they'd bring in Peasley, let him move the chains a little bit with his legs. The problem was is Wyoming had just no passing offense, and then they were just locking in on him, uh, took some really intense hits. Again, not going to put too much stock into Week Zero. It's a long season. But I, I think, you know, talking about fan bases that are starting to get restless, Pokes fans and year after year seeing this very, very old school Wyoming offense, I think patience is, is wearing thin. Did not watch a ton of the UNLV-Idaho State game after the first quarter. I mean, UNLV comes out. They use a six-minute drive, go right down the field, score 7-0. Uh, I mean, they broke it open very, very early. Wyoming, tra- former Wyoming quarterback Tyler Vanderwall, starting for Idaho State, he connected on a 55-yard touchdown early, beat UNLV over the top. But that was about it. I mean, it was it was 45-7 at halftime, and pretty much over there. Clearly, UNLV able to cover their 22-point spread. One of the few teams I actually hit this weekend. Shout out to the Rebels. I uh, didn't watch a ton of Nevada, New Mexico State either just because it had a lightning delay. What stood out to me, though, when I was watching the game was that New Mexico State really had a lot of success rushing the football. 
I mean, they were they were just busting off runs left and right. Nevada had a hard time, you know, getting off the field. It was kind of a bend don't break scenario. They were able to keep them out of the end zone, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, if teams can run the ball in Nevada, that could make it really hard for them. I also thought Nevada did not run the ball as well as as I expected them to. But to to scratch out a victory like that in week zero when you have so many new pieces, you know, new coach. I I really do think this Wolfpack team is going to be tougher than most people expect. I think out of Nevada, Wyoming, and Hawaii, the three teams that lost the most after last year, literally in the country, not just the conference, but in the country, I think Nevada will be the toughest of the three teams. All right, the last matchup I wanted to talk about just briefly, Utah State-UConn. Obviously, CSU playing Utah State on homecoming. They open at Nevada. All these games are pretty relevant outside of the UNLV matchup. UConn hung around, man. Utah State, 27-point favorites in this one. I thought that was too steep. Didn't even come close to covering it. I mean, it was 24-20 late in the game. Utah State ended up getting a a final score to win 31-20. Cobbs, the Maryland transfer wide receiver, looks really good. He hauled that one in. But it, it was interesting to me to see the way that that Utah State struggled with UConn, who's really been pretty brutal the last couple of years. They do have Jim Mora Jr. now as their head coach, so it's a, a new era of Huskies football. But I just think Utah State had so many things go their way last year. And when you factor in luck and the fact that you know it typically evens out over the course of a couple of years, if you have a bunch of things go your way one year, odds are you know it'll even out the other way, vice versa. The fact that they they lost so many receivers and on defense, you know, they lost a, a couple of their, their key guys. I still think they'll be good. I think they have enough talent to be competitive, you know, make a bowl game. But I don't foresee another double-digit win season for the Aggies. That's just my gut. You know, maybe they proved me wrong. But I, based on week zero, and again, we don't want to put too much stock into it, I would say that Wyoming and Utah State, which were your, at least on paper, your harder conference games, with the others being New Mexico and Hawaii, well, now Wyoming and Utah State look fairly winnable as well. All right, we're going to give an update on the next level Rams. Then we're going to start to talk about the Michigan matchup, talk about what I learned from Jay Norvell, give some reactions to the depth chart. Nothing that surprising, but I'll talk about some of the common things I saw on Twitter. Before we do give a next level Rams update, CSU soccer moved to 2-1 on the year with a 3-1 victory at South Dakota. Uh, The fact that they were able to take two out of three all on the road. Nice start under Keely Hagan in her second season as head coach. CSU volleyball also got off to a nice start. They started the year 2-0 with a couple wins over the weekend. Were able to beat North Carolina and UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. It was actually pretty cool to see all the tweets online from you know, North Carolina ACC program, and everybody in their program was just raving about the attendance. Uh, eighth largest crowd in, in CSU volleyball history, I believe. So it, it's awesome. I mean, the fact that they can draw north of 5,000 for a volleyball match is, is a testament to the CSU community and what Tom Hilbert has built up. Uh, as it currently stands, CSU is playing Northern Colorado. Um, I guess I'll talk about that one in a day or two, and we'll see how that one plays out. The Bears actually a really solid team, so it could be a, a tough night for CSU. We'll see how that one plays out. 
All right, I'm repeating myself, so I'm going to move on. Let's talk some next-level Rams real quick, though. GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, maybe? It's possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you thought you could never buy. If you love DNVR, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by supporting our partners. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app. Score the best seats to all your favorite events. Check out Game Time. My Colorado peeps, you've also got to check out the new GOAT in Colorado sports. That is the greatest of all TV. Ivaca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans featuring Altitude Sports, AT&T, Sportsnet, the NFL Network, and the most Regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD while using less bandwidth, and enjoy over 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. Ivaca is only $25 a month plus $5 receiver fee. Right now, Colorado sports fans can get $10 off per month for your first three months. To score this deal, go to ivaca.tv slash Colorado10. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado10. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca is made for champions of the remote. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about the good news, which is that Ryan Stonehouse is officially on the Titans 53-man roster. Round of applause for our guy. Finally, finally gets the recognition that he deserves. It will forever irk me that he didn't end up being a four-time First team all conference selection because Matt Ariza burst onto the scene and was a one hit wonder. Turns out, you know, allegedly a really horrible person as well. So, you know, karma working working its magic into the NFL. No, it's 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 all about Stoney. He has earned this. He did everything that the coaching staff wanted after the second preseason game, head coach Mike Vrabel. He, you know, openly challenged the specialists that he wanted more punts inside the punt inside the 20, excuse me, what did Stonehouse do when week three just came out and dropped bombs. And what's crazy is, you know, the ball's so booming off of his foot, has this great hang time, feels like it's there forever. And then he's he's really been able to work on having it just die, you know, on a dime. I've never really seen anybody do it as well as Hayden Hunt. But, you know, early on in his career, Stoney, he was a guy that kind of just boomed it, you know, at, time, at times outkicked his coverage. He doesn't do that anymore. So I'm stoked that he actually made the team this year. To me, it made total sense. I mean, you can save a couple million dollars, have a younger punter, and, and not have to worry about, you know, losing quality in, in production. I understand that Brett Kern is a guy that had been there since 2009, had been really, really consistent over the years for Tennessee. But it's just a tough business. I mean, there was a possibility that they essentially could have faked an injury and stashed Stonehouse and, and let Kern finish his his last year. But I think with what Stonehouse showed in that third preseason game, it it sealed the deal. There was a video of Kern talking post game that kind of circulated online. It was a little bit sad to see. I mean, the writing was on the wall at that point. He could tell his time was up. But it's the era of Stony, baby. Stony the man. I'm stoked for him. I had no doubts that he was an NFL punter, but it's just a weird position. Like I, I don't understand how Hayden Hunt didn't last in the NFL. It's just weird. 
I will say that Stonehouse, with the way that the ball comes off of his his foot, it's a little bit flashier. Probably has just a, the the ability to catch people's attention a little bit more. But it, it could not have happened to a better guy, a guy who is committed to CSU. You you don't think an SEC team or a Power Five team couldn't have used a, a guy like Stonehouse the last couple of years? He could have entered the transfer portal and and finished out his career on a national stage. It probably would have helped him win a Ray guy. I mean. The fact that Hayden Hunt didn't win one, the fact that Stoney didn't win neither of those guys, asinine. But he's going to get his moment. You know, I, I wrote a couple months ago that in the NFL, Stonehouse should finally get an opportunity to get the national respect that he deserves. We're going to see that this year. And, you know, just on a side note, you know, could be a, a fun little trip out to Tennessee for Ram fans. Go check out a Titans game and a Grizzlies game and get to see Stonehouse and David Roddy. You know, if it it works out in the schedules, that'd be pretty cool. Keeping with the theme of good news, Adam Prentice, former CSU fullback, makes the Saints roster. Adam is a guy who's really, really intelligent, obviously uh, built with just nothing but muscle. I I remember watching that dude come out in a Rams uniform, his biceps just massive. But again, another really good guy. And it's it's cool to see. I I always felt like they could have got him involved a little bit more you know, in the screen game or, I don't know, even between the tackles. We saw a little bit of it at the end of the Bobo era. He was definitely most effective as a lead blocker. But I do think they could have used him a little bit more than they did. And I'll be curious if if they use him at all that way in New Orleans or if he's going to be their power back. Obviously, we'll have to see what happens with the the Alvin Kamara situation. Has a domestic violence allegations or that I don't remember if it was on video or what the scenario was, but we'll see what happens with him disciplinary action wise. You know, maybe Prentice gets a chance to run the ball a little bit this year, be like a Peyton Hillis type back (laughs) who knows, but it's cool to see that he made the roster. Um, Sad news. Unfortunately, our guy Ola BC Johnson tore his ACL one year after tearing uh, one knee unfortunately did the other this time really really tough break um his contract's up after this year so that's going to be a tough recovery he's probably gonna have to do like a one-year prove it deal somewhere in the future but it just guts me it couldn't have happened to a nicer dude i mean he i've obviously known bc a long time just both of us you know coming up in lakewood bear creek high school kids so it, it it gutted me. You know, me and my brother, we've got an old BC Johnson jersey. Hopefully he'll have a chance to prove himself in Minnesota next year, you know, assuming that the Vikings bring him back. But just a really tough scenario given that this was the last year of his deal. You know, he was playing for a new contract. They have a new coach this year, Alex O'Connell, coming over from the Rams after winning a Super Bowl. Based on all the reports and everything that I was following, it seems like you know, BC had made a, a strong enough impression to be that wide receiver for the tough part is you just, you don't have a lot of roster stability when you're the fourth or fifth receiver, especially when it's, you know, not the staff that drafted you in the first place. And now you're coming off a back-to-back ACL tears. So just a really, really unfortunate situation. Speedy recoveries to our guy, BC again. I, I just, I love the kid. So it, it kills me. Anytime I see people get hurt, it it really guts me. But when you have a, a personal relationship with them, obviously it it makes it even harder to see. Uh, Preston Williams was waived by the Dolphins. 
not surprising. There were some reports that they were shopping him, trying to to trade him, but ultimately, you know, I think the writing was on the wall with that one. If you're an NFL team, you're probably thinking they're going to cut him anyways. Why would we give up, you know, any type of capital for him? We'll just wait till he hits the market. I don't know, man. Preston is good enough to be an NFL receiver. He's good enough to be, you know, a top two or three NFL receiver on any team, but he just seems to have a hard time, you know, of, of not getting in his own way. I will say he has a, a lot of interest outside of football. So it, you know, it, it would not surprise me at all if Preston went on to be a, you know, famous fashion designer or, you know, something else, one of his many interests. He's, he's a very unique guy and I, I very much do like him uh, as far as succeeding in the NFL though. I don't know. It's, it's one of those, like if BC Johnson had Preston Williams physical abilities, he'd be an all pro because of his work ethic. But with Preston, I don't know. He's got all the ability in the world, but just hasn't seemed to, to, make it click and I wish him the best again I'm not rooting rooting against him but I mean it's just a, a pretty I don't know disappointing track record after everything that's happened I mean going from the number one wide receiver recruit in the country five-star guy you basically burn out at Tennessee come to CSU have some issues there have a great year go undrafted because of some off the field issues also he completely bombed his pro day I mean, it was bad, guys. It was it was so bad that I think that's a big reason why they don't let us uh, as close to the athletes while they're doing stuff at Pro Day now because we were able to hear a lot of what the scouts were saying. And, you know, I, I heard multiple scouts say that in, you know, decades on the job, they had never seen somebody so unprepared for Pro Day. Bombed his 40, didn't do good on the vertical, a bunch of false starts on the drills. It was like he was doing it for the first time, really. Because we've all seen him on the football field. He's a great athlete. He's an extremely talented individual. But football is about more than just talent, especially at the NFL where everybody is talented. So maybe this can be a wake-up call for Preston. Maybe, you know, a change of scenery will do him well. I mean, as he hasn't, like, gotten in trouble off the field or anything since he went to the NFL. You haven't had to worry about that. But I don't know. You, you just always kind of wonder if his if he's always 100% in it, you know, because based on his track record, it, it doesn't really seem like it. And I don't like saying stuff like that about people because I'm not sure it's it's always fair with how critical, you know, the media can be over athletes, especially over the smallest things. But we've got a pretty decent sample size with Preston at this point. So we'll see. You know, again, has all the talent in the world. He's got to grind. He's going to have to grind if he wants to make it in the league. Uh, Manny Jones, unfortunately, weighed by the Arizona Cardinals. He really shined. I, I thought he had a strong chance to make the 53. I do think they'll keep him around on the practice squad if he doesn't end up in uh, another team's camp or, or practice squad or roster. We'll see. Manny is athletic enough. He's smart enough. And he's versatile enough to play in the NFL. We saw it. I mean, he had three tackles for loss in a sack in the Cardinals' third preseason game. I, I really do think they'll keep him around, though. Uh, Trey McBride obviously made the team, as did Shaq Barrett with the Buccaneers. Don't really need to go into that. We do have an update on Michael Gallup, though, coming off that ACL tear in Week 17 last year. He is going to miss Week 1, but the Cowboys expect him to play before Week 5. That is coming from our friend Ed Werder of ESPN. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's just go to part two. That'll be easier than if I start this and then break it up and, and go into the next podcast. We'll just do it all on part two. 
Let's talk about this Michigan matchup, week one, uh, depth chart, and what we learned from Jay Norvell. So, you know, just keep the, the fun rolling onto the next part. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she She's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week The lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talk enough And we always seem to laugh but never nod at us So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions And this is more about me and all of my self-deception I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson and the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass And my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm so thankful for these days They put a smile on my face Flirt with me when you're bored, that's what I'm here for Talk to me softly till I get a little more Attached to the fact that you reply so quickly Dash and retract only when you get sick of me Sit back reminiscing back to when I got them digits I swear I need a witness of somebody quick with pinches I was out there floating, all them feelings felt indigenous To places I don't visit, heart eyes when I'm grinning Heart eyes and them emojis You said you won't be on me, I said you won't be lonely You can't count on me like a bank teller counter ain't never felt prouder never holding back don't got a front when i'm around her i want to listen more like maybe i should say less i'm not sure how to make an album this is just my best guess my best friends are producers send me beats i bump the playlist imagine all the hours ableton was stuck on repeat all for me to rap about some girls who didn't like me sp 404s and stupid bars all wrote on loose leaf i wait a lot on promises that sound like maybes my contacts still just numbers but in person call me baby like why i fall in love with Every girl that wanna date me Introspective but scatterbrained on the daily I'll make a tape with the homies and rap the same thing I know it's just rhymes but it sounds like everything And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy play the drums My mama slapped that bass My sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand We were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance No one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days They put a smile on my face